0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to our third episode and our first one during the Euros. Um, we're excited to have you guys back. We're going to be doing weekly episodes for all summer and hopefully throughout however long we can.
1: Um, and yeah, I'll let George take it off from here. Yeah, so uh, welcome back, guys. Um, we're glad to be recording again, uh, this time in a more t- uh, timely manner. It-, it was one week span, so I think we did pretty good. So before we start off anything uh we we really wanted to to talk about uh talk about the Erickson situation we'll not talk about it but uh, we really want to send out our prayers and um you know to to Erickson and and his whole family because as most of you know um Erickson suffered a, I think it was a cardiac arrest that's that's what the the medics f- finally uh said it was and you know that that moment you know, it should never be lived inside a a football field, but unfortunately this time it was, and it was in a major tournament in front of all his fans in front of his family. And we just wanted to, to, I guess, you know, send our, send out our prayers to, to his whole family and friends. And, you know, those of you listening, we wanted you to, I guess right now, just go hug your family, hug your friends, tell them that, that you care about them and love them. Cause you never know what might happen the next day. So, uh, yeah, first of all, we just wanted to to, to say that, and uh, we can finally start. So, um, some breaking breaking news as of yesterday night. Um, Real Madrid sent out uh, an official, uh, un comunicado oficial, so uh, you know, an official statement regarding the departure of the captain Sergio Ramos. He's been at the club for 16 years, and it seems that finally his time at the Los Blancos has finally ended. And as a Madrid fan, absolutely heartbroken. Um, it is, you know, one of the things that you never thought would happen. You know, you'd always think that oh Sergio Ramos, our captain, he'll be retiring, but um, like he said in in his in his interview that he had this morning. Um, it's always hard to say goodbye to a club that you've been in for, for almost, you know, a big, big chunk of your life. So um, we just – oh, we, nah, not we because, Paul, you're a Barca fan. <laughs> but I um, just – you probably won't hear this. He won't go on Spotify and, and look for us. But um, um, I just wanted to, to say that um, no matter where he goes, no matter what he does for for the rest of his life, he has been a big part of my um, life. As dramatic as that may sound, he—he's a—he's been one of the people that made me fall in love with the sport. As you know, m- many people know that I've been a Madrid fan since well a, 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 a while now.
2: Um,
1: I—I've always—he's always been in that in that in that team. And I'm just happy that I got to live, I guess, the glory days with him as captain, as well second captain. Um, and I'm just happy that that he was that he was here. And not all good things last, so um, it had to end.
0: All right, enough of the lovey dovey stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, Ramos, <sighs> as a best friend, we um. I don't. I don't. I mean, I respect him as a. As a player, but at the same time, he's one of those players that you just hate.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, obviously, a big rivalry with my club, especially him. Yeah, you know, always going head to head with my players. Um, you know, it's a it's not a player that I, that I'm that I necessarily love. I wouldn't say I love Ramos, but I respect him as a player, respect his accolades, and I respect what he's done for club and country. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Clásicos won't be the same without him. He's a, one of the major players in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just starting. We're starting to get to that age and to that time where these players that we grew up watching, these players that made the amazing classicals are just starting to depart and a new generation is forming. You know, mm-hmm. it's sad, but it's healthy. And um, I think it's very much needed. And we all we knew think, it was going to happen at one point. Exactly. Yeah. I think also, I think, I think as you Madrid fans should be very thankful that he lasted this long because in my opinion, his day his was long overdue as a big club like madrid he hasn't been at his top level he hasn't been at, at his highest level for a few years now and i think he um to be at such a club for such a long time um is, a, is an amazing achievement
2: mm-hmm. yeah true um,
0: and to be honest i think also that's i wanted to, that brings me to one point where i want to talk about cedan um Zidane, i feel like i want to talk about his sacking for a second
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like Z- Zidane, um struggled this season mainly because he was way too overly reliant with the older players. Mm-hmm. Something we saw with, with Zidane is he succeeded with the older players. He succeeded with like Modri, Marcelo, like relying on these older players with more experience. Now, you you can respect that, you can admire that from Zidane, but at the same time, these players are going to age. They're not going to stay that age forever. Mm-hmm. you know even though Modric and Carosa is still like a 30 something or so performing at a very high level you don't know how long this high level is going to last and you need to start looking beyond them
1: mm, yeah and I true. feel like
0: that, that I feel like that's where he struggled this this season he he struggled in
1: this transition yeah
0: and the transition from these older players to newer players and I from the beginning I knew that was going to be his downfall and it mm-hmm. ended up being that
1: yeah uh so uh what has been said was that Ram- so so the policy that Real Madrid has and in many clubs ha- um uh, have around sort of the same policy like Liverpool for example for players that are over 30 um Real Madrid does not offer contracts well big contracts maximum maximum I don't think it, it has happened before I I, I can't tell you um it's two years but normally it's one year contract extensions and sometimes well in this in this situation, it's, um, you know, a, a salary reduction, a 10% salary, salary reduction. And, um, for example, Luka Modric, his, his contract was running out. Um, Florentino Perez decided to renew him, and he accepted the, the terms. He said, uh, fine, I'll do it for one more year, and I'll get a, a 10, 10% salary reduction. And, you know, the one year is to prove if you can still play at a high level, and if you can't play at a high level, you'll renew for another and for another and like that. So what happened with Sergio Ramos was um, around the time of I think it was March. Um, he his con the contract that that was offered to him was the same the same deal one year 10 percent uh salary reduction and Sergio Ramos uh didn't did, did didn't 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 approve. I I think he said. I want my salary to stay the same, so he didn't want more uh, more money. Although I feel like he should have accepted this the salary reduction, considering the whole situation with the pandemic and and all of that. But regardless, and then he said instead of one year, I want two more years. So, well, that that also uh, I guess sort of I I, I don't I don't think sits sits right with with Florentino Perez because a lot of times Florentino wants to prove that no player is bigger than the club, which in my opinion, um, yeah, it's true. No player is bigger than the club, but at the same time, you have to respect your players, like, like uh, respect players like Asillas or respect players like Ramos. Um, who knows what will happen with Marcelo, but these club legends should be respected. I'm not saying they should be, you know, given a golden throne to sit on and give all the money in the world. Cause at this point they're getting old. And like you said, um, there, there ha- there is going to have to be a transition. But you also have to respect these players. And uh, Florentino Perez had said, um, you have this offer, you have this contract offer till the 31st of March. So apart from 31st of March, this offer is no longer valid. So he had to accept or, you know, uh, disregard the, 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 the offer. He had to th- the 31st of March obviously time passed and then there was talks like uh, around a week or two weeks ago that ramos finally had accepted the offer of uh you know one year and ten percent uh salary reduction until they said no way that offer is no longer valid that's it so um in the uh, press conference he had said that like yeah i accepted the offer but uh you know the the club told me it was no longer valid and nobody told me that which uh it, it is um it's 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 well i guess at this point it's not true cuz they did give you know give him a, a sort of a, a deadline so um it is it is heartbreaking to to see him go just like that you know in a press conference which i, I don't know if they could have done anything bigger uh, regarding the whole uh covid situation over there in madrid we don't know how it is over there but um I I just hope that um like he said it, this is no not a goodbye uh, I'll see you later so I hope he just does come back you know later as a uh part of the board part of part of the club you know c- just come back as, as as I don't know as part of something for Madrid because um I don't know we are gonna miss that that, that sort of player right now we're, Right now, the the official captain is uh Marcelo. We don't know if Marcelo will stay. So if Marcelo does go, which there are a lot of talks between Leeds or uh, Everton, Benzema would be official captain. Uh, pretty sure, Varane would go into second captain, Modric, and then I think Casemiro or, Kroos. Is it Carvajal in there? Um. Uh, True. Yeah. No, that is true. So, actually, I'm not sure. I think it it goes Benzema, Carvajal, Baran, mm-hmm. and then, Modric. Again, yeah, right. again, we, we we don't know what might happen. Uh, the number four, the the number the the shirt number. Um, obviously, legendary number worn by Hierro, then then Ramos. So we don't know who's gonna be wearing it. Maybe it's gonna be Alaba, but I feel like it should be, um. You know, a young like it, it. It sounds sort of like a crazy idea, but it could be given to to a, maybe a youngster that the Ancelotti and Florentino Perez he has has a good potential, a good 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 range, and you know maybe give him the number four. Maybe give it to Antonio Blanco that's you know you know uh, proven his quality this past this this past year or the la- the last end of the season. And um, like like when you said that 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 Zidane struggled a lot with with the transition. I gotta admit, very very true. Obviously, he didn't do that well because many many problems that he had. Uh, one including a lot of injuries, a lot of rotation to the squad. But um, I feel like Sidan all has always tried to introduce young players. Um, he obviously he brought up three. well, actually, four players from from actually five, five players from 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 the Castilla this season. He brought in Hugo Duro, the striker. He brought uh. Marvin, Marvin Park. Uh, then he brought Miguel Gutierrez, Sergio Arribas, and Antonio Blanco. Which the the time that has, that that's been given to them, they've actually you know done pretty good pretty good job. And um, you know Fede, Fede Valverde, um, Odegaard, Cubo, Brian Diaz. Um, you know there's a lot of young talent in the squad. You know you could even say you know Eder Militao, um, but. I feel like Madrid still has a lot of a lot of uh, quality, quality that they have like right now and quality for the future. So I guess um, this Madrid team without their captain, which most of the season they've been without their, their, their main captain, is going to be a hard one, maybe not as hard as the one they had with, with, with Cristiano, but it will definitely be something to, to uh, what's it called? Well, to 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 keep in mind, but mm-hmm. like you said, Clásicos won't be the same. Real won't be the same, and yeah, sad sad times for for yeah. me
0: over here. Um, I want to get back. I want to go to the to the Ramos thing real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, in no way am I am I defending Madrid as a club for the way they've treated their legends, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's important to also, um, you know. For, like I can't find the word, but just, uh, uh keep Ramos accountable. Um, he he's being he's being a bit inconsiderate, you know. As an aging player who's been injured for a good uh portion of the season, um, you need to, especially in a situation like COVID, sometimes you just need to think about what's best for the club, yeah. while also looking out for yourself. I think a ten percent wage cut isn't that bad, especially for. The amount of minutes he's given Madrid this, this season, which hasn't been too many, yeah. Um, and also the one year you, you can't really expect much more. You know, you. I think he's lucky that Madrid gave him another year because yeah, his form and the injuries. You know, I don't think it was really deserved. You know, he's getting that contract because uh, because of the player he is, that what he's done for Madrid and and the role he plays, um, in the locker room. I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessarily because of what he brings in the field because you know, they can find replacements, you know. It's not something that, oh, we well, won't ever find another center back. Yeah. You know, that's the least of problems. So I think he should have been a little bit more, more, more considerate. Yeah. And just look, then like, you know what, you know, put his ego and humble himself. Like, put his ego to the side, humble himself and just be like, you know, this is this is a fair contract. contract. Yeah. Also Madrid, I feel like they should have been more clear. Florentino maybe should have... um. Should have maybe given him more time instead of those 30, 30 days or so
2: mm-hmm.
0: especially with such a legend you have to you know show some sort of respect maybe yeah. given him at least two months to really you know think about think about it
2: mm-hmm.
0: but overall I think the, the decision wasn't handled the best in the best way e- with but either sides with yeah. either side exactly but um when what well, had to happen ended up happening.
1: yeah and it's not all you know sad days for, for Madrid because um, there are reports now that, um, you know, with Ramos's departure, uh, Rafael Varane might agree to, to 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 sign a a new contract with with Madrid with Madrid. So, you know, it's not all you know sad, but at the same time, it's it's sad to see a club legend leave like this. So so yeah, yeah. So um, you know, now that we're done with with the sad and. And, and, yeah, with the, with the sad, gloomy things, we can move on to what everyone has been talking about, the Euro match day one. Match day one, full of, in my opinion, have been, you know, quite, quite uh, pretty pretty good games, I think. I think we've only seen, like, I don't think we've seen a 0-0 draw. We've seen some draws, obviously, some ties. But uh, I think we've had a, a pretty good start of tournament. Uh. I don't know what, what what you think. I I think it's been p- pretty nice start. Um.
0: Um. I think I think it's been really good actually. Is well, not really good. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say it's been the best tournament. I think it, it hasn't been bad. You know, uh, a lot of uh surprises in there, especially with Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't. I don't think it's been a bad tournament, but I don't think it's been the best tournament either. The games. Uh, some games have been more exciting than others. Um. I think mm-hmm. realistically, it's only been about like three, four games that have been, that have really caught my eye. But besides that, yeah, it's, it's still, we're still in the early stages of the tournament. You know, you can't really expect the group stage game to be too exciting. You know, there's yeah. such limitations, but I think, I think it'll get better as, as we go. But um, yeah, hasn't been, hasn't been bad at all. It's been pretty good. and I like what I've seen so far.
1: Yeah. So as most of you know, well, most of you, the people do, who um, stayed for the, for the late stages of our, of last week's podcast we talked about our euro predictions. so we gave our predictions for the most valuable player under player underperforming player underperforming team dark horse young player uh you know most valuable young player top goal scorer and top assister so um obviously there's still a long way to go during the, uh, for, the, for this tournament to to end but we can sort of uh get an idea of what, you know, has been going, I guess, through in this match day one. So the tournament started on Friday, June 11th, with Turkey and Italy facing off. Turkey, we all thought was going to be a, a, mm-hmm. a, a dark horse because, you know, uh, Yilmaz had a, had a great season with, with, with Lille as well as Yasici. Şenol uh you know, had a great season with Milan. Soyuncu. Uh, Soyuncu, Demiral with Juve, Celik eh, as well with um, with Lille. But mm-hmm. again, pretty under, uh, un, you know, under, underperforming, underwhelming. underwhelming. Yeah, underwhelming because it's not even. You were watching the game and you were like, okay, maybe second half they'll change some tactics, but the whole game, they just played back. And it was kind. Of, it it was kind of surprising because the quality they have going up front, you know, you'd expect them to, to get a few shots in, but they they had uh three total shots in the whole game, two cha- two like chances and one big chance created, thirty seven percent possession, um, and you know two hundred eighty two accurate passes compared to Italy, you know. 24 total shots, 18 chance, uh, big chances, uh, 18 chances created, sorry, and three big chances created uh with uh sixty three percent of the possession, you know, more corners, more everything. And for, for for most people that were saying, Oh, Turkey, Turkey, um what's it called? Dark Horse, Dark Horse, I just feel like they were the quality in, in, in individual player is definitely there, but I'm sorry, but this team just underperformed completely. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it called? This Italy team, with I guess a pretty renewed squad from from the team that we saw last play in the what World the Cup qualifiers. Play? From from there, uh, Mancini took over. They've been undefeated since. Uh, Insigne, Immobile, Berardi up front. Uh, played really really well. Immobile played really well, got an assist and a goal. Um, but, you know, he was moving as a striker. He was being a target man. Uh, hold the play was was great. Varela, Jorginho, and Locatelli in the midfield. Locatelli obviously has has had a pretty, pretty good tournament. Jorginho uh, controlled the tempo in the, in the whole game. Although many of you might, 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 might say, oh, Jorginho's too slow. Jorginho this and that. Jorginho, in my opinion... Is, is, in my opinion, one of the best players in that early team. Varela, um, obviously, pr- played really well. Uh, young, young player, Spinazzola, which was, in my opinion, probably, uh, apart from the goal scorers, probably the best player in that game. The the Roma, Roma fullback. Chiellini Bonucci, they look like they're playing in their 20s, even though they're way past their prime, in my opinion, but... Still, they're playing really well. Florenzi, Donarum Donaruma, like I like I said before, he was gonna be a, a great player. Didn't concede, and Florenzi, uh, unfortunately had to come off in the in the forty sixth minute for Di Lorenzo. Picked up an injury, um, but yeah, in my opinion, great game by by the by the Italians. Did what they had to do, and I think they they scored um, pr- pretty pretty late. Well, pretty early into the second half, but apart from that. Pretty 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 good game by the Italians. What's your take? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, Turkey disappointing. Um, but Italy held them held them to thirty six percent possession, which is pretty low. And only so three shots and zero shots on target. Um we could sit here and say Turkey were underwhelming, but at the same time, you know, you gotta praise Italy. Italy have been by far the best team in this tournament. True. Yeah. Um they've been playing the best football. And like I said, Jordino very underrated player. Um yeah there's not really much there's not really much more to say you've pretty much covered it all. Um Italy have been the best team, most exciting team. Um they've shown it in all the games they've played so far. And and yeah pretty pretty dominating they they dominated the game pretty well and it was pretty obvious who was going to come out on top from the very first few minutes.
1: Yeah, you're right. Then after that uh, Saturday early in the day Wales played Switzerland um Switzerland thought they had uh well Switzerland uh scored early in the, into the second half in Bolo which played really well um then more tied it up 74th minute and then what we thought was going to be a pretty late winner by uh Gavnorovic uh it was ruled out offside by VAR which I don't know about you but I feel like VAR has had a, uh, has has played a, a really good part into this tournament um VAR ha- has shown that um, if used correctly, it can be really, really um, well used, very, very well, and yeah, uh, a one-one draw. Then um, well, obviously Denmark played Finland, which, you know, that 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 incident with um, what's called with, uh, Christian Eriksen unfortunate incident that you know we all thought. Was gonna, was 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 terrible. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: what, when it, you're just left in shock because you're sitting there, you're watching TV, and I I gotta say, the the choice that that these TV um, broadcasters, you know, the choice that, that that they had between cutting off the signal and you know showing what was happening, in my opinion, they see that that Christian Erickson is not in, in in a good state a very critical state you, you you have to shut off the signal you have to you have to end it you have to cut it off because we y- there was some graphic and well, not graphic but re- really traumatizing images for, for some people that were watching um yeah. obviously um christian erickson's partner even had to go on the field she was consoled by castor casper schmeichel and um I'm not sure if I'm pr- pronouncing his, his name correctly, but uh, Kijier, uh number four for Milan center back, captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I, he saved his life. He saved uh, Ericsson's life. The medics saved saved his life. So there was. There's gonna be like many people are saying in social media. There's gonna be one nation winning this tournament, but I feel like the medics, you know, already won. You yeah. know, this is this is much more than much more than just a, a, a soccer tournament. This is, um, you know, this is beyond that. So, um, yeah, that, yeah. That, that was really
0: unfortunate. Um, so, we see this game. This game was actually one of the better ones, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, total domination by Denmark. Mm-hmm. Yet, they still... And this was one of our dark horses. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty obvious deserved to win this game. It was Denmark, but it clearly didn't go that way. Finland only had one shot on target well only one shot that which was on target and ended up being the goal and they only had 30% possession. Um but then what a game by Hradeki their goalie. What mm-hmm. a game. Truly the kept them in it. Truly yeah. kept them in it. Um I don't know how Denmark didn't win this game to be honest. 22 shots, six on target, 70% possession, uh and 85% pass accuracy. Uh it's pretty crazy. But it goes to show how how good Denmark really is they didn't yeah. get to win the match, but they look good. They look promising, and uh, I'm looking forward to what they to what they they have in store for the rest of the tournament.
1: Yeah. Um. Obviously, um. We don't know how the players were mentally, because you can be prepared physically to the top top level, but again, if you're not in the right state of mind, you can you know just play your worst game ever. And um. I think it was by Peter Schmeichel. He uh, he came out saying that I had given them. Uh, I think it was like three options. It was either um, you play the game, you you play in the same day, you play I think the the next, you play the the the, the well the second half, and then I think the other one was you forfeit play... the match. Was yeah. one forfeit the match? Yeah, yeah. One of one mm-hmm. one of them was forfeit the match, and you know you lose three zero because that's how for the forfeit works. And, and I think that was it. But, yeah. I mean, this is – I'm sorry. for From UEFA's part, uh, we already talked it in our first episode how UEFA is definitely not the answer to save football, but um, this was pretty unacceptable by UEFA. They should have, I guess, re, you know, suspended the game to maybe two or three days later. I, I'm sure Denmark and Finland did not care if they gained as much money um through the TV the TV list listings they could have definitely played it without broadcaster uh, broadcasting or anything like that but again unacceptable by UEFA. um Denmark had to go out there um Finland obviously obviously scored respect to, to the to to the Finnish people who well definitely respected respected the game after they score I'm gonna I, I want to say his name but I feel like I'm going to butcher it. Bojan Palo, Bojan Palo he, uh, he scored. He paid respects, did not celebrate. So again, this really shows the, 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 the harmony and respect these soccer players have towards each other. And um, it was very sad to see, but then the the people that came, like I, I feel like the whole the whole world came together um, to support Christian Eriksen, his family, his, his friends, you know, all his loved ones and you know a lot of people really felt united that day yeah so the next day uh well not the next day sorry the next game was be- between belgium and russia in russia where i i don't know about you i I'll, right right now i'll say i'll say wh- what i thought but in my opinion it was sort of a sort of an underwhelming game in the fact that i feel like belgium should have done not a little bit more, but considering the 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 game that that the Russians had, I feel like it should have been like a maybe like a five six nil game. O- obviously, it doesn't work that game. It's not FIFA, but maybe Belgium should have been a little bit more clinical. They controlled the game completely. That um, de- definitely definitely should have sentenced a little bit the game more. The game finished 3-0. There was never any doubt that Belgium was going to win since they scored that first goal. But um, this Belgium team looks a little unbalanced at times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tielemans sort of was underperforming at the beginning. He gave some bad passes, in my opinion. Um, Castagne, he obviously uh, are, you know, condolences um, considering, you know, 27th minute he had to be subbed off because of an eye injury as well as a... Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this completely, but Kusayev, Kusayev number twenty three. Um, obviously they went for a for a for a challenge, and did not end up well. Um, Lukaku scored two goals. Yeah, I, he he could have he could have played a better game. His hold up play was kind of iffy at times, but he did his job very well. Um, and apart from that. Pretty, pretty solid game by the Belgians under, uh, you know, in front of your home crowd, obviously in the, in, in, in text, Russia was uh, away, but you're in Russia, your people are there and it was sort of, it's, this Russia team is nothing compared to the one that they had in the 2018 World Cup. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, that's, that, yeah, that was pretty much, underlying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not much to add except for, um, for Lukaku. I'm gonna be looking so stupid right now, especially if you watched the last episode. Yeah. Um, I had Lukaku as an underperformer. Um, obviously he didn't have his best game. I'm not saying he had like uh an amazing game, but he did score two on the night. And yeah. um one of them was I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit it, one was pretty lucky. I don't wanna say mm-hmm. Kyle, but one was pretty lucky. It was he was in an offside position, but he got lucky from the rebound and, and scored on that. Yeah, that um, Russia
1: that Russia defense was terrible. terrible. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's to be honest. Um, he, you know, it could still swing my way that Lukaku becomes underperformer throughout the rest of the tournament.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it, it looks pretty unlikely to be honest, especially his form this past season.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: um, it could swing either way to be honest. But
1: yeah, yeah. Um. Then, uh, in my opinion, probably the second second best game that we we're going to see that day or this yeah. this first match day um England versus Croatia which in my opinion was very underwhelming very yep. underwhelming waking up at 9 it waking up at 9 in the morning and having to wait till the 57th minute kind, kind of annoying but again England got the job done uh Pickford very solid uh then this is this is where it, it sort of, I guess, it brought a, brought up a lot of questions uh, regarding the f- not the formation but the the you know what Gareth Southgate picked. He, uh, Pickford obviously was gonna be uh our first choice goalkeeper. Then Walker right back, John Stones uh center back, those are pretty much untouchables. Then Tyrone Mings at left center back. Before the game, a lot of people were questioning if he was going to be the correct man for their job. But again, I would not put Ben White because uh, I don't feel like he is as capable as Tyron Mings. He's not as tall. He's not as, as strong. Really? Uh, all of that. If, if you look at it, look, as an athlete, uh-huh. Tyron Mings is... true. Yeah, is, is, is probably the better athlete and having someone as John Stones that can distribute the ball and uh you know make some forward runs, well, I don't mind it. That's right. Uh, I would I wouldn't have started uh Connor Cody because he's a much uh much better three back defender. And um so yeah, I feel like Tyron Mings at the end of the day had a pretty solid match. Pretty good. Yeah, I see. I got you. Yeah, like uh Tyrone Mings fills the Maguire
0: role better and Ben White would fill the John Stones role better. kind of. Exactly, exactly. I, and
1: okay. um, although I definitely, if Harry Maguire is fit for the Scotland game, I would definitely play uh, Harry Maguire, just maybe not in a three-back, just keep it as a four-back. And then mm-hmm. what brought up, you know, a lot of controversy, a lot of uh, critics was um, Kieran Trippier, a right-back, playing left back when you have good quality at left back so you brought Ben Chilwell and um sorry yeah Ben Chilwell and uh Luke Shaw and maybe even you could even count uh Saka which I I I wouldn't count him uh, as 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 a left back but he can definitely fill the role um I have heard I had heard that Ben Chilwell had a had a little injury, so he had been left out of the 23-man squad, which you can only bring 23 out of a 26-man. So that's kind of a um, controversial um, that you don't bring in Ben Chilwell, but at least bring in I-, I guess Luke Shaw into the starting eleven because mm-hmm. listen, Kieran Trippier he had a solid game again, but in my opinion, uh, Luke Shaw doing those forward runs overlapping. Uh, being able to cross, you know, first time with his left from from a good uh, pass, uh, get to get to the long balls. It, it, it should have been Luke Shaw. I don't know. We don't know if he was injured. We don't know if he was uh not feeling himself. But um, I guess Kieran Trippier had Southgate's support, confidence, and yeah, <laughs> the I I he did the job. I guess. I mean, they didn't concede, yeah. and yeah um then much, yeah yeah i don't have much to add to that yeah i yeah. agree um then Declan rice at cdm didn't really you know do much uh he played the full 90 minutes uh 42 accurate passes um uh, i don't i don't think he he um he did that many bad passes he did he had an 88 percent uh pass success obviously no shots on target but most passes were, were pretty good. Two long balls, two successful long balls. Um, As a CDM, it's mostly recover the ball, distribute, recover the ball, distribute. You know, get the ball from, from the center backs, turn or distribute it to the full backs. So pretty solid game from Declan. Then Calvin Phillips, man of the match. Yep. Uh, as, as I think this is his first uh, start in a major tournament well definitely is cuz this is his first call up tour an english ma- major tournament mm-hmm. what a player Whoa, what 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 a player
0: that he is he was class yeah truly when i when I, when i saw him in the starting 11 i wasn't too too sure to be honest i think bellingham and um uh bellingham and even anderson if it were better options in the midfield mm-hmm. but i've just seen that game you know i've just seen that game the only thing that that assured me was that Anderson isn't going to see many minutes this tournament
1: yeah and um it's sort of we'll we'll get to that in a bit in a minute but um the freedom that 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 clips had going up and you know doing those forward runs was simply because of Declan Rice you know covering mm-hmm. his spot he even said it in the in the interview he said that um he feels a lot more comfortable going up when he knows that Declan Rice is um going you know uh, i guess cover for him a little bit more sort of the pogba kante situation in the france national yeah. team so those were the two holding midfielders then we have you could say the the forward the the forwards the the front line we have sterling on the right which uh, a lot of people were praising him a lot for the goal which you know he definitely got the goal mm-hmm. uh, there's nothing wrong with that but Karim Benzema said it before, he said, there are a lot of players nowadays that can play a terrible game for almost 90 minutes, but they'll score one goal and they'll be praised as the man of the match. And he said he doesn't want to be one of those players. And in this game, Sterling, in my opinion, was one of those players. He, yep. yes, he was making those runs in behind the defense. Uh, he was getting to, to to a lot of a lot of passes, but... He was just not efficient enough. Like he would lose a lot of balls in, in the in the dribble in the one v one. A lot of passes were were not were not precise. Were not uh, what's it called? Yeah, just not getting to 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 the man. And in my opinion, Sterling Sterling is 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 a doubt for for the starting eleven. I'm not sure he should be starting mm-hmm. considering. The season that he had, but again, Gareth Southgate has his trust, so not nothing much more you can say on that. Then yeah. the other winger, Phil Foden, which I guess you could say is a, is a makeshift winger because in reality, he is much more of a, a, of a central player, although he can drift out wide like he did in this game. Played really, really well. Well, I wouldn't say really, really well, but I, I think he did his job as a makeshift winger. Um, he definitely brought a lot of quality into the into the team. Um, made made good passes. He had a he had a one shot that that, that hit the post. Got a yellow card, which got subbed off before it could be anything anything else. So can't can't really argue with that. Played seventy one minutes in total. Seventy one, you know, decent minutes. Not not many passes completed. Um, got had one shot again had a one shot hit the post 95 pass success which having little passes I, I think it was like around like 21 you, you should be completing those passes but again Phil Foden I wouldn't mind if he gets dropped for maybe Rashford or Sancho or somebody like that but I know uh, considering the fact that he was not playing his, his normal position he played you know a pretty decent game yeah. Mason Mount never stops running. Obviously, he is probably my favorite player in Chelsea. Um, I'm not a Chelsea fan, but I love this guy. He is His his work rate is insane. Makes such good passes. He can defend. He can attack. He can do all these things. So very, very, very well done by, by Mason Mount, in my opinion. And then my underperforming player, uh, Paul's was Lukaku. My underperforming player, I chose Harry Kane um and in this game i wouldn't say he he underperformed but he just didn't have his best game did he yeah. like he just like he he did some 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 runs he's not the fastest player but he had uh he had, he, he didn't have i guess that, that that many opportunities he had one shot off target out of one shot um 10 accurate passes Sixty-three pass success. So, I mean, looking at yeah. the stats, I don't want to be a stat merchant, but look at the stats. Yeah, it it is definitely an underperforming uh, performance. He had one big chance missed. It was that that chance that um it was crossed from from the left side into him. You know, should have finished that. Didn't finish, and uh, could have given his team a little bit more comfortable, I guess um. Comfortable. Comfortable finish to the game. Yeah. Um the um, the sub the sub oh no no go ahead go ahead. Oh this is so awkward. <laughs> uh, um the subs were seventy first minute Rashford for Phil Foden, which Rashford um you know I, I don't I don't think he he did great. There was not much to do. At that at that point I think England was mostly defending. And um then Bellingham can, came in the eighty second minute. He actually for the for the eight uh 10 11 minutes that he played he played pretty well I'll be honest and then cover lewin came in the 90th minute didn't really do much there was not much that he could do so um pretty solid game by by England in my opinion more of a defensive solid performance yeah rather than an than attacking one
0: I think I think England lacked on the creative side um obviously you have two very creative players and they're like Foden and and Mount, but you limit, you limit um with Foden, you limit Foden and his abilities when you play him so wide and play him on the wing. Um, so realistically, you only have one creator, and he's more deep in the midfield. I think, I think Raheem Sterling got a little, got saved by his goal. Honestly, yeah. um, I don't think it was the best performance. And I don't think I still don't believe he deserves to be in the starting eleven. You know, I think Grealish needs to be in there, and it proved like that game proved that people can say whatever they want about Sterling. Oh, he proved the haters wrong, but there's no creation. There's no creativity in that in, in, in up top in the, in, in the England team. I feel like if you want to bring out the best in Harry Kane, you need someone to provide him with the, with the plays up top. And that, that's what really brings to the, to the game. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, the game, like I said, lacked creativity. It lacked uh, a player in the, in the, in the, in the front that could make and make a chance out of nothing, uh, make a shot, uh, that could lead to a rebound for Harry Kane to poach off it. I think you lacked a player like Greedish or even Sancho up top. And it showed it was closer than what I thought it would be. You know, this Croatia team is not strong. It's not a strong one by any means.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but they still held their ground and they led in possession, even though it's just 51% possession. Um, They beat England in possession. They, mm-hmm. they held England pretty well and they only ended up winning by one goal that let's say that one run wasn't made then it would have been made and it would have ended zero zero. You know it's not if if I'm an England fan fan right now, of course I'm happy that they won, but at the same time I'm I'm a bit worried. Yeah. Know? Luckily Southgate didn't go with the with the five back. But at the same time there's some iffies in the back. Mm-hmm. Um overall they got the win which is what matters but I wanna see I, I want to see Grealish and Sancho in there. For the second game,
1: yeah, it, I, in my opinion, th- that's who the, the the winger should be, because um, they can definitely go inside, um, let the fullbacks do the overlap run, uh, feed Harry Kane. So definitely not 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 mad with the result because you know they got the result, but again, you should like like you said, they should be a little worried because when they come up to against you know France, uh, Portugal um maybe even netherlands or germany uh you know you have to show that that you can play um more creatively so again a little under under underwhelming in the attacking uh, side but in the defensive side very very solid game uh like we said in in the in the, in the, in the our previous podcast croatia wasn't going to be an amazing team we thought they were they were going to be we predicted that they were going to be bottom of their group as of right now they're third by my uh you know by goal difference but croatia i guess held off england pretty well uh versalico, uh, versalico uh, i i I hate mispronouncing these names i'm so sorry uh, versalico versalico yeah whatever <laughs> uh Versalico, um, ex uh, Atletico Madrid player. He he did he did pretty well in my opinion. He was probably the best player in that uh defense along with um Kaletacar, uh, um Liv- uh, Livakovic, he had a pretty pretty solid game. a, a, a goalkeeper Borosovic was uh was what's it called? pretty underwhelming in the fact that, you know, he would go up sometimes and then he would drop off a little late so there was a lot of gap in the middle. Kramaric I, I'm not sure if if he should play on the wing he should play more of a, a cam position not not so much of a striker. Uh, Modric and Kovacic they both had pretty good games in my opinion. Uh, yeah. The result doesn't show it obviously. But Modric and Kovacic Modric considering he's 35 years old now and Kovacic hasn't had the, the best of seasons. They definitely played pretty well. That, that midfield I guess battle was 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 really intense the whole game probably the best thing out of the whole game. Perisic there were, there were some times that, that he would go up, make the crosses, just nobody would be in the middle. Uh, kind of frustrating from, from 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 his point of view, I'm guessing. And Rebic uh, he, he could have just done a lot more, could he? Like yeah. he should have done a little bit more. The subs um uh, Dalich he made four subs. He brought in Pasalic from Atalanta, the midfielder. Uh, then Petkovic. Uh, he he brought in for uh, what's called uh, for Revic at striker. Uh, Brekalo he brought in for Kramaric, and Vlasic he brought in for Brozovic. So pretty position to position changes uh, I feel like Croatia could have I, I guess fought a little bit more in the dying minutes um although they were knocking on the doorstep for the last 15-20 minutes but again England got the got the, got the result and there's nothing nothing much more to say about that one moving forward uh, we got Austria versus uh North Macedonia one of the which- more exciting games? Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, a lot of people were, were saying, were memeing a lot of Austria, North Macedonia, oh, a lot of, ha, 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 ha. Um, nobody's going to watch that. But, like, but in my opinion, out of all the games we had. Um, so far. So far, like, up to that point, it was definitely the most entertaining game. Like, no joke. It was probably the yeah. most entertaining game. Um, obviously, North Macedonia, this is their first Major major tournament, um, pretty, pretty like I- I'd say pretty, I guess solid team from from North Macedonia. Um, they played a a pretty I guess I don't want to say complete game because there was a lot of miss missed passes, missed shots, uh, a lot of miscommunication, but considering. You know, they were playing a, a, a pretty solid again, pretty solid uh, Austrian team. They played pretty pretty well. Um, obviously the stars in this North Macedonia team are uh, uh sorry, uh Joran Pandev, uh Bardi from, from Levante and then Alioski, um, that plays in Leeds, played you know, they played a three back, so um so it was definitely definitely a, a, a team that, 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 you know, gave it their all. Elmas was pretty good. So North Macedonia, pretty good pretty good uh, team. Then Austria, obviously, Bachmann had a pretty good game, although he made that, that one error uh, for, for the North Macedonians goal. Hintreger, Alaba, Dragovic, solid back line, although Alaba... Um, in my opinion, should be playing a little bit forward, maybe as a CDM or a center mid, maybe even left wing back. Leiner got a goal, got a yellow card, but still Leiner played pretty good. Very good goal, in my opinion. Leimer, Bruming Togler. I'm not sure how to say that name, I'll be honest. Schlager and Ulmer. Um, and then, you know, Sabitzer, uh, Kalacic, pretty good game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ended up 3-1, and Austria took all three points
0: then the more... arnautovic is under investigation mm. for True, races. Truth. he
1: had, he has a one game ban cuz arnautovic decided to to what's it called you know be a little prick and <laughs> um say some i'm pretty sure it was some um personal personal i guess i, I don't even know I, some racist personal comments towards i think it was alioski or or the, or the or the the goalkeeper but at this point we don't know oh beautiful I, I gotta say beautiful assist by Alaba but um pretty pre- pretty good game in my opinion I, I enjoyed yeah. it then yeah, we I'll have probably the most entertaining game this whole this whole Ooh. match day one Netherlands Ukraine uh Ukrainian team which I think we we wrote up I wrote off um, not wrote off but like gave them uh, a pra- praised them a little bit in, in the on our first episode. Of the Euros. Uh, The Netherlands team, in my opinion, kind of uh, unbalanced in many parts. Um, Dumfries, you know, I got to talk about Dumfries for a second. Sorry. Um, Dumfries had a pretty solid game defensively, but going forward, he should have scored two more goals or maybe one more goal. But he got the winning goal, so probably that's most that matters. Uh, Midfield, very controlled. De Jong had a very good game them had pre- very good game, got a goal. Weghorst got a goal. Sort of controversial goal. Depay, um, very, very good game, actually. Um, but, you know, maybe could have gotten a goal to, uh, a goal or two. We don't know.
2: Uh,
1: and then this Ukrainian team, Bouchan, uh, the goalkeeper, in my opinion, there was little things that he could have done in, in those goals to to prevent them. Solid by back, uh, back line. The back line did did pretty much all they could. Sometimes they, they could have drifted into a, in a five back. Then Sinchenko played CDM. Uh, uh, Sidorchuk had a pretty solid game. He was one of the players that surprised me, even though a lot a lot of these ratings might not say so. But uh, he had a pretty good game. Malinowski, I think he plays in the in Atalanta. Pretty good game. Yadimchuk, solid game again. Zubkov and Yarmolenko with. What at that point was the goal of the tournament? Later, um, <laughs> changed, um, and yeah, pretty solid game by the Ukrainians yeah. and by the by by the by the the Netherlands team who uh at the end got the three points in a very competitive game.
0: Yeah, um, I was a bit disappointed not to see the light, but I'm pretty sure that out with injury. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think once they if they get the light back, that that the back line will be. A lot stronger, really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, they they looked they looked pretty good defensively, um, except for those, you know, choking a 2-0 lead. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah. especially when Akké came on, he looked pretty solid. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he assisted the, the goal. The, the, yeah, the yeah, goal. yeah. He he got an assist. Akké looked good. Um, I, I want to see a bit more of him. Also, yeah. the pie looked good, and we've been seeing this in, in these recent games for uh Netherlands. The pie yeah. looking good. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe missed. Um, should have scored maybe, but he had a, overall really good game. Yeah, as um,
1: as a as a as a as a as a fan, yeah, football fan, I would have maybe liked to seen um, uh, and Berguis, but again, I think Netherlands went for more of a defensive approach. They brought in three defenders, um, and then they brought in uh, Luke de Jong and uh, Malin into 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 the front line. So at the end of the day, they got the three points, sort of dis- disappointing for uh, for Ukraine. Yeah. But again, there's not much you can do there. And hopefully, Ukraine can pro- can still make it out of the group. Their next game is against North North Macedonia. So um, if they get the result there, maybe they could shoot for the second spot. Maybe maybe even um, third third spot. Yeah. Yeah. Then we uh, move wait. on.
0: Wait one last thing. Also, I really, Ford. I was really looking forward before, um, before this game. I was really looking forward for a midfield of the young them and Grabenbrich. Mm-hmm. Um, the board ended up going for the rune, but I really want to see Grabenbrich in that midfield. Which the, the
1: rune had a, had a pretty solid game. She opinion, had a good game, but,
0: but I want I want to see bricks with the young. I want to see how they play together. Something yeah. I'm just I'm looking forward for.
1: Definitely. Then we have oh, the Scottish debut in 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 their first major tournament in a, in quite some time If not their first ever major tournament which i don't think is the case obviously patrick chic patrick shik masterclass um, yes. it's sort of the, the the whole the whole scottish team it, it was they were pretty solid during the game except maybe their two their two strikers which i i feel like they 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 did pretty Pretty terrible, in my opinion. Uh, the whole uh, Czechoslovakian team did very, very well, in my opinion. They, they played a, a solid game. And again, Patrick Schick, he scored. Like, this, this is the problem. He scored pretty late into the first half and pretty early into the second. That really hurts most teams. Because when he scored the second goal, Scott, Scotland were, were right on top. Uh, they had hit a crossbar right before, I think, and then uh, you know Patrick Schick decides to score a forty-fifty yard screamer for for no reason. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um.
1: And right now, na- right now it looks as yeah, it it looks like Scotland could could potentially be out. because it is very very early in the tournament, but their next game is against England, which you know it is a a big game for for both. But if England were to were to beat Scotland and their 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 last game would be against Croatia, it, it, it is going to be a pretty good game. I would like to see if maybe Croatia get the result against Czechoslo uh the the Czechoslovakian Republic, but um again we'll just have to see. Um yeah. then uh is there anything you want to say about that 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 game? Um anything you think?
0: Uh nah, I don't not much. Just yeah, good game. I think the highlight of the game was obviously. A six gold um but yeah not much sad anymore. yeah and
1: also um in my opinion uh the best player in in this in the Scotland team in general and in that game andy robertson can't really do it all by himself but mm-hmm. um you know c- kind of sad that in the first game that they the first game of this major tournament sort of annoying game uh annoying like result because at the end they played a a decent game and a two 0 two 0 score because you know since there are third place teams, these uh, goals are gonna be really really crucial. Um, it could really affect them. Then yeah. we have uh, Poland versus Slo- uh, Slovakia, which, in my opinion, was uh, it was a good game, but I was sort of expecting a little bit more. From the Polish, although the Slovakian team definitely played very, very well. Yeah. Um, Expect, expect a little bit more from Lewandowski, obviously, because, you know, he's their target man. There are shouts for the Ballon d'Or for Lewandowski. We don't know who's going to win it. There's no clear winner here. But Lewandowski maybe should have contributed a little bit more. Klichowajk. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce all these names. Klichowajk, right? I think. Klichowajk. Um, yeah, obviously got a red card, second yellow, silly challenge. Maybe cost your team. We, I, I guess we we were we were to see. Badnarek from from Southampton had a had a pretty 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 decent game in my opinion. Um, the back line, I guess, did most of their job. Um, the goal that that what's it called that Chesney conceded. Um, obviously, they're gonna count it as an own goal, but. What a goal by um by what's it called by 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 the Slovakians like what's it called uh Mac the, the the left the left mid Robert Mac what a play it's gonna go down as Chesney's own goal but good 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 game by by the Slovakians got the result so and then we move on to probably the most wait I wanna I wanna add on something from the
0: Polish oh, yeah, ma- like ma- I ma- said. Ma- uh, Lewandowski, disappointing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I called this as service, sorry. It's that Lewandowski is a completely different player for club and country. <laughs> um, he's nowhere near as good for Poland. Yeah. And it, it showed,
1: clearly. We, 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 they, you, you could see some glimpses of this even in the 2018 World Cup, but, yep. you know. Yeah, Disappointing. Then we go on, on to probably my the most team boring. You know what, Paul? Look, you do the overview in this game. All right, I'll do the overview. Okay, this game was <sighs> okay. So
0: first of all, I should have gone with my gut for dark horses. Mm. Um, for with Sweden, I knew this team had something in them, and I was right. Isak, Terry, Isak, and Olson tearing, tearing us apart. Um, but well, I think. It, it was a pretty boring game. Um, Spain, um, dominated for parts of the game. Uh, the game could have easily gone to us. It could have easily been a 2 0 three-nil, um, match for us. But yeah. sadly, Alvaro Morata, um, is a starting man. I think Luis Enrique should going on to the next game. I think he should, uh, he should, um, uh, drop Morata from the squad and put Gerard Moreno. Also, I think he took too long to make that replacement and replace Morata for Gerard Moreno. Um, we're looking at the starting 11 here. Unai Simon, right option at goalie. I don't think there's any debate about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right back, Llorente, although it's not the ideal thing, um, I think it's we saw it coming. It was what, what was going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Laporte and Pau Torres looked solid at the back. Um, Laporte looked really good, actually. Yeah. But, um, He had a, had a, had a couple um, one-on-ones that he handled very well. And then Jordi Alba on the left. Jordi Alba, honestly, I think, Luis Enrique for this game, he should have seen how, uh, I want to say weak, Sweden were at the back, but how much were, are we getting to go? Mm-hmm. I think he should have just gone three back and let Jordi Alba just come up and allow Jordi Alba to just use his speed and his explosiveness.
1: Mm-hmm. And as
0: we saw in the game, Pedri didn't have the best game, but he, there was many times where he found Jordi Alba down the line Yeah, so to get the cross. Breaking the
1: back line, yeah, you're, you're, you're mm-hmm. right. Exactly,
0: something that we've seen a lot of Barca this year, but mm-hmm. if I was Luis Enrique, I would have been by halftime, by the 60th minute, you just been like, you know what, we need to score, and put Jordan into that left mid run allowed him and Pedri to find the linkups, uh, to find someone in the middle. Yeah. Um, Koke, it, he was alright. I think, I think he he wasn't alright. He was actually pretty bad. I think uh, the I think Thiago should have been over him. Uh, the sub hap- the subs happened a little bit too late for my liking, to be honest. Sure. And I I, I feel like that's what. That's what Luis Enrique struggles with, even at Barça. That's something that he was criticized for a lot for making substitutions too late. Um, definitely something he needs to improve on. Rodri, eh, solid. Um, Ferran Torres didn't really notice much. Morata, dreadful, and Dani Olmo. Um, eh, debatably our best player of the night.
1: Yeah, um, ah, uh, that 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 game. Uh, I'm also a, a a Spanish supporter, but. That game was not, I wouldn't call it boring because it, it was definitely not boring. It was a, a pretty, um, I wouldn't say exciting, but a, a good game to, to watch as a, as a football fan. Um, Like you said, I agree with everything you said completely. But the fact that, in my opinion, in the, the fact that Sweden had the the more clear cut chance to score to, to mm-hmm. go up one nil, which obviously uh, Be- uh Marcus Berg you know didn't didn't just didn't want to score. Um, it, it's it's sort of, I guess, makes you think that maybe this, uh, this Spanish team, uh, uh is sort of underperforming because they performed except you know scoring but. It, it it's sort of scary cuz you could play a really solid game and not score and still lose you get mm-hmm. you get me so yeah that 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 game i agree with everything you said isak played a very good game i don't know why he got taken off in the 70th minute should have stayed on a little bit longer but um very good game olsen the goalkeeper robin olsen again very good very good game so yeah basically you recapped you all of it um then we move on to the last two games of the match day Hungary versus Portugal this is going to be well it's not going to be very controversial if you watch the whole game but in my opinion Portugal for 84 minutes played under underperformed underperformed yeah. completely for the quality that they have going up front, they should have definitely scored in the first half. Ronaldo had, I'm going to call it for the play that he is, he had a sitter. Uh, should have definitely capitalized there. Uh, Diogo Jota, in my opinion, should have been taken off before Bernardo Silva. Jota missed a lot of chances. Um, There was one where he could have passed it to Ronaldo. Ronaldo could have maybe had a, a, a clear shot. Again, at the end of the day, um, he got taken off in the eighty-first minute, and you know the rest. the re- The rest of the job had been done. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, the best player in in that port in the in the Portugal team in the in the whole game, uh, was not Ronaldo because Ronaldo, he had, he had a he had a solid game, but he he I guess he only scored two goals, and uh, I w- I wouldn't judge him off only those two goals.
2: Yeah.
1: But um, in my opinion, the best player, in my opinion, in my opinion was Danilo Pereira at the CDM position. Um, maybe you should not have gone with two holding uh, midfielders against Hungary. You should have tried to score a little bit more. At the end, they did get a comfortable comfortable lead. But Danilo Pereira controlled the midfield completely. Um, very tall player. Um, he did it. most of his passes he completed. He He had 61 accurate passes. He played all the 90 minutes um and you know 10 long balls eight accurate long balls um he, he recovered he recovered and then he's distributed um bruno fernandes played a sort of different role than what he has than than that he plays at, at man united but you know didn't play a terrible game renato sanchez should br- have should have br- have should have been brought on a little bit earlier other than uh, other than that, maybe b- have brought on um I don't know maybe Joel Felix to change up a little bit game, but at the end they got the, the result two goals by Ronaldo, um and a pretty solid game from from the from the Portuguese, obviously yeah, yeah, Ronaldo for a pretty good goal yeah
0: I think Renato Sanchez had to be in the starting eleven when he yeah. came on he played really well yeah um also Diogo Jota. Should not be starting for next game and Andre Silva should be over him. He also played pretty well. Um, but yeah, besides that, Ronaldo didn't play. He didn't play that well, but the goals at the end saved him and also helped his uh performance. His team. You say. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um. Uh. Rafa Silva. He. I don't think he played a good game. Got two assists, but I don't think he played a, a good game. He got he got subbed on in the seventy-first minute. Then Andre Silva should have been subbed on a little bit earlier. João Mutinho to the 89th minute. There was not much to say. Um, and you know, co- comfortable and and uh, last minutes by by Portugal. Hungary, uh, had previously scored a goal, uh, around the the 70th 70 something minute. Um, obviously it was offside. It it was justified offside, but. Hungary had, had a pretty solid game in my opinion. Sort of harsh, three goals is pretty harsh in my opinion, but solid game. L- really liked um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Gulaski. He, he 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 saved a lot of goals. Uh, Lovrenchik's uh right wing back played pretty well, and yeah, I mean we all we, I think we all knew that Portugal was gonna win. And at the end of the day, they they did win. And um, we were into the last game. We're into the last game of of the match day one. Mm-hmm. And not counting the scoreline, probably the most entertain. Well, I wouldn't say. Yeah, I'm gonna call it the most entertaining game in the whole of match day one. Simply because it's two. European powerhouses, France, Germany, a lot of history. And, uh, you know, you're looking at many of these stats, looking at a lot of, uh, you know, looking at the score, in my opinion, very entertaining game. Uh, Once, you know, France scored, well, not France, but once almost scored the own goal, uh, France's plan was probably hit the Germans on the counterattack, exactly what they did. Uh, Scored two offside goals, which... Very disappointing because that first Mbappe goal was very, very, very nice. Amazing. And um, that Benzema goal, I, like that celebration, you could see how much it meant to him. Sort sort of annoying that he got ruled offside, got ruled offside, uh, you know, very like very well. There's there's no argument there. Very solid performance by the back line. I really enjoyed Pavard. Benjamin Pavard played very, very well at the right-back position going forward, doing those overlaps. Uh, Griezmann played very, very good defensively. He is very, very good considering he's an attacker.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Rabiot played pretty pretty decent, played 90 minutes until he had, he had to get subbed off because I'm not sure if it was an actual injury or if, if he was just wasting time, but Rabiot had to, you know, come off. Pogba and Kante played so good. Like Kante defensively so good, Pogba going forward so good. Uh, sort of uh, the thing that happens with England with Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips, but obviously with a little bit more um, quality, I guess. Varankin Pepe, solid, and then Mbappé. There was not much, you know, left for him to do other than I guess chase chase a lot of a lot of uh, long passes. Benzema played pretty solid in doing those those passbacks and yeah, pretty solid performance by the French defensively and also attacking. And then um, the, the Germans, we talked about this in, in our previous episode, they were going to be a little bit um, underperform, underwhelming, underperforming, but uh, there, there was, there's not much to say here. Um, I feel like they should play Kimmich in more of a uh, central position although Kimmich played pretty good in a, in a wide position. Uh, again, they, cross is was probably their best player last night. Um, what's it called? Then Gundugan. uh, he, he obviously should have maybe done a little bit more going forward, but defensively, I think he did most of his duties. Um, uh, Muller, pretty underwhelming. Havertz, again, underwhelming, uh, they're playing a, a pretty awkward system where Havertz is sort of like I don't know, like a a winger, but at the same time a midfielder. So maybe that affected his performance. Serge Gnabry, he's not a striker, but again, maybe should have done a little bit more. Had a few shots. Um, actually, he only had one shot, but you know, uh, that shot was probably their most dangerous attack. Almost yeah. scored the own goal, but apart from the own goal, he played pretty good. Um, he he saved one. Yeah, amazing tackle. He did an amazing tackle. And apart from that, it, it was sort of I guess the game plan that, that France had was score, go back, and they did they did their job. Yeah, I think um I was a bit surprised
0: when I saw them play a four 3 three, especially with Rabio in there. Um but at times you would see Rabio drift far to the left. Um and playing kind of like like we said before, Lamatuidi. A 2018 World Cup, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, like you for friends. Also, Pogba's pass was just to Lucas that led to goal. What a pass, man!
1: What a pass, yeah.
0: Um, Griezmann defensively, like you said, defensively super underrated. And we've seen it for Barca too, especially in super in the Super Copa final. Um, after even after he had scored two goals, you could see him dropping down to as low as a left back, and just helping out defensively. And it's mm-hmm. just one of those players that can do honestly anything. Now that he can defend, he can attack, he can play, make, he can pretty much do anything. He's yeah. a very complete player and one that you want on your, on your team. Also Germany, I feel what Germany lacked was a, a true number nine. They lacked someone that can put the ball behind the net. Mm-hmm. Although Renner isn't someone you can really rely on um on that. He I feel like that's start. starting eleven. He yeah. should his pace he just brings so much to the team. And who knows, he, he could have a breakout tournament where he does like he becomes like this clinical striker for Germany, although it is unlikely, it's still a possibility. And you don't want to go into a, t- a game with possibly the best team in the tournament with no real striker, yeah. You know, Navri did his attempts, but he's not a nine, he that's not where he plays, it's not where he used to play. Mm-hmm. He can play it there to the best of his ability, but if that's not where he's used to playing, that's not where he knows how to play, you can't really expect too much from him, yeah, yeah. Just- um. I think I expected more from this game. Also, France a little bit underwhelming, but like you said, they got their going. They just parked at the back and played on the counter attack. Um, I did expect a little bit better, but you know they got the job done. They got the result, and that's all that really matters.
1: Yeah. Um, a, a lot of uh, things coming out of this game was a lot of people saying how good Pogba was and why he doesn't play like this in um in Manchester United. It's pretty simple if he, it, the answer for pogba's performance has to be kanté like the the, the yeah. fact that, that 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 pogba can go up with much more freedom and kanté is there to cover for him and pogba knows that he is there to cover for him it definitely gives him a little bit more um, freedom just going forward a little, you know he's he's able to, to release those passes and follow the, the the play rather than man united most of the time he releases those passes and he sort of has to still stay a little bit back defensively. So, uh, in, in my opinion, if United, there has been a lot of talk about this, which I don't think it will happen, but if Man United do bring in Declan Rice into the midfield, it could help Pogba's Pugba, performance in this Man United mm-hmm. team a lot more rather than playing him sometimes out wide or sometimes as the other CDM. He, I think he just needs a better partner in that midfield. Yeah. So I said this. I said this
0: last episode too. What Pogba? The reason Pogba doesn't play like this for United is because he exactly, um, he needs someone behind him. Mm-hmm. He at United he's limited too much and what he can do. Up they leave him as the last man. Well, not last man, but like last midfielder. They leave him. They play him as a five, and that's just mm-hmm. too defensively for what Pogba brings. You're limiting way too much. Yeah, mm-hmm. he can play there. Um, he'll do the job, but at the same time, you're limiting him way too much and ultimately taking away from your team. Yeah, a hundred percent.
1: Excuse me, um so yeah, that that was the last goal of match day one the the last goal, the last game of match day one. um sort of I, I don't want to say underwhelming because I think we've used that word enough today, mm-hmm. but um so, so solid few few games to start off. I feel like some games to look forward to in match day in match day two are probably. Italy, Switzerland, Denmark, Belgium, Netherlands, Austria, Scotland, England, Portugal, Germany, and Spain, Poland. Those are some some games that I would say are I guess the most exciting. Um, yeah. But apart from that, that is that is the end for match day one and hopefully match day two will not disappoint.
0: Um do you wanna go over the 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 players and what we talked about yeah, yeah, yeah. about last episode and yeah. how the follow ups
1: yeah so I wrote them down over here uh, for Euro predictions so for MVP I put Mbappe and you put Karim Benzema mm-hmm. so far uh, we don't really know how it will shape because neither of them had a standout game against Germany they they played yeah. pretty good maybe if both of their goals standed. Um, I, I feel like maybe, uh, what's it called? Mbappe would have been given man of the match because he, he would have gotten an assist and a goal. They didn't stand, and uh, I guess he didn't, in 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 quotes, he didn't play the most exciting, uh, game that he could have played. But you know, France did their job. It was more of a collective performance rather than an individual one. Same with Benzema. Then. For underweight player, I put Donnarumma. Again, he he kept a clean sheet. He did pretty good. There was not much that he had to do. And then for you, you put Timo Werner, which sort of disappointing that he didn't start against France. Yeah. We don't know how the rest of the tournament will shape out for Germany and for for Timo Werner. Hopefully, he starts next game, which would be against Portugal. But um, there's still yet many many games, uh, for for. For hopefully for the Germans. Yeah. For underperforming player, I put Harry Kane, pretty underperform uh underperforming uh player in the Croatian in the Croatia England game. In my opinion, should have done a little bit more, got the result. And Paul, you put Lukaku. Wait. I put Lukaku. Um, yeah.
0: um like as I, I mentioned this before, um he he didn't have a bad game. He had, he scored two goals. Two goals. Um, One was pretty lucky, like I said, like I mentioned before. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Uh, You know, he had, he, he, he started off the tournament pretty well. Two goals. You know, you can't deny that. Um, Obviously, not the best performance, but as a striker, all that really matters for you are the goals.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, So, yeah, I said this before. It could really go any way. He could have a disaster class of a tournament for the rest of what's, for what's remaining. Or it could go, he could become the MVP. It's really unpredictable. But, um, if I could change my, my prediction I honestly would because he there's a strong possibility he he ends up as one of the best players of the tournament. Very,
1: very true. Then for underperforming team, this is where I where I take the clown mask and put it on. I put Belgium. I put Belgium and uh they played uh Russia, which was a pretty weak team, so we were expecting them to get the result, but if Belgium get knocked out, maybe round of sixteen or because they're definitely gonna get past the group 100. But if they get knocked out round of sixteen, maybe quarterfinals, it'd be sort of uh, uh underwhelming for the Belgians. So yeah, I sort of got that prediction wrong. And for Paul, you put the Netherlands. I'll let you take this
0: one. Yeah, Netherlands. Um they look better than what I than what I expected against Ukraine to be honest. I expected a much weaker team. Also, it it does help their case that the Pi and um the young are in really good form mm-hmm. coming to this tournament. Um they looked a lot stronger than what I expected to be honest, but um yeah, it, as I said it's really early in the tournament to to tell if our predictions are right or wrong. So it could go any way, to be honest. But they, they look a lot stronger than what I expected.
1: Yeah uh for dark horses we both agreed that denmark was going to be our a dark horse and i feel like if this whole christian eriksen thing would not have happened they would have definitely won that game and they could have you know gone much much further uh, further although right now we don't know how things are going to end up we don't know how the how the danish team feels mentally physically so I guess we'll just have to see. But I mean, as of now, obviously, on paper they have a loss. It's gonna be sort of difficult to get out of that group. Maybe if they beat yeah. Belgium, they have a, a, a better chance.
0: Yeah. Right now, well, right now as we're filming this, they're playing against Belgium. Um, Denmark came off early. Youssef Poulsen scored in the second minute. Um, yeah. Right now, they're in the 64th minute, and Thorgan Hazard tied around 10 minutes ago in the 54th minute. So right now they're tied with Belgium. They're 1-1. Um, They're looking good. And yeah, Denmark, I still think they they, they, they can still be uh, dark horses. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, but I think I should have stuck with my gut regardless. I think I should have gone with Sweden. Like I said, they look good against Spain, especially uh, Isaac.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, Denmark, I, I think they're still going to make it out of the group. And I think they... They can go pretty far in the tournament, further than what people expect them to.
1: Yeah. Um. Then for young player, uh, Well, most valuable young player. Um. Before we say our, I say our picks. Uh, I feel like it's sort of hard to pick a young player because you don't know if they will start or if the manager has you know confidence, uh, trust these players. So it's sort of hard to. I guess uh, figure out if they really will play because at the end of the day some of them don't even play or they'll play 10 minutes so for me i put uh draw felix which is you know sort of i don't want to say frustrating because well i'm not really a portugal fan but uh picking him as my young player and not seeing him even come on it was sort of like oh okay so this is how it's going to be for the rest of the tournament he's like I don't see him starting another game because if he was going to start, it was going to be against Hungary. Let's be honest. But again, I-, I don't see him playing as much as many people think he will. And for Paul, you put uh, Jude Bellingham.
0: Yeah, Jude.
1: I think coming to the tournament, he should have been
0: um, a starter or at least someone that was in contention for this first starting spot, especially with the season he had. But... um obviously didn't start the first game against Croatia. Uh, came in as a sub, but I think with Calvin Phillips, I think the peop- the person he's mainly competing with is Calvin Phillips. I think Mason Mount and Declan Rice have secured their I think their roles uh, I think their spots in the starting 11 are kind of cemented. None of them they're going to be changing. Yeah. So I think he's mainly competing with Calvin Phillips and the game Calvin Phillips had against Croatia doesn't really help his case. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we get to see a little bit more of Bellingham next game. And throughout the tournament, but um, yeah, he didn't get many minutes as he wasn't really
1: allowed to. Yeah, definitely agree with you on that one. Um, then for top goal scorer, uh, basically the same thing uh as our MVP. We put um, I put Kylian Mbappe, and you put Karim Benzema, and in that in that section of of what's it called, uh, in that section of, the, of our last podcast, we were saying that if France are going to end up, well, we predicted they were going to end up winning. And, um, or no, I, th- I think we actually said Portugal was going to end up winning.
0: Uh, we'll mm-hmm. have to, I'm pretty sure we said France.
1: Yeah, I, I think we said France, yeah. Mm-hmm. And since we said France, we, we, we predicted that if Benzema and or Mbappe were going to get most valuable player, they were probably going to get top goal scorer. And yeah, I think that's that's what we based it off on. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, if they would have had their goals, they would have been at one goal. But right now, top goal scorers are, I believe, Lukaku with two, Immobile with two, and there's
1: one more. I Ronaldo think. with two, and then Patrick Schick well, with two, Ronaldo. I think. And, exactly. Yeah. So there's four players tied at the number And And, and Locatelli, Locatelli scored. Um, and as we were recording this, the match day two already, already started. And Locatelli scored two goals, so I mean the race is, is is wide open. I think we'll be able to see who is really the top goal scorer in the in the in the knockout stages. Mm-hmm. Then for top assists, I put Bernardo Silva, which it's sort of hard for Bernard, Bernardo Silva to get uh, some assists considering um, he's playing in a, a con el pie cambiado, so he's playing on the right. Uh, being a a left a left uh, footer, but uh, again, he he could get some some important assists throughout the tournament. Hopefully, maybe he can slot in a little bit into into the middle. It'll be hard with Bruno Fernandes taking that spot. Uh, but Bernardo Silva could definitely still get top assists. I am I am still pretty confident in him. He he's a great player. I really like him. And then new yeah. Paul. You youngster, you put Antoine Griezmann.
0: Yeah, I still agree with that. I think Griezmann can be a top um, assist provider in the tournament, especially with the people he has mm-hmm. in the front with him. Um, obviously no assist against Germany, but um, I'm so hopeful as to what he can bring for
1: France. Yeah, and I think we both agreed on this that uh, we had said that if Mbappe or Karim Benzema, our top goal scorers are and are. A lot of that will be thanks to Antoine Griezmann. Uh, mm-hmm. a- assist, maybe. Very sorry, guys. Technical difficulties. Um, we're not sure what happened. But regardless, um, yeah. So, Antoine Griezmann. Paul?
0: Um. Yeah, I think yeah,
1: I he's going uh, he uh, uh, really to have a really good tournament. Um, um, yeah,
0: the people he has ahead of him and even behind him, like Pogba and Kante, that can still add to the attack. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of goal cool contributions from him, whether it be pass to assist, assist, or even goals. Uh, I he's going to play a big part in his France team.
1: Yeah. And uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully we can get most of these predictions right. Right now, it seems sort of like 50-50. Some predictions are eh, some predictions are okay. Mm-hmm. But, um. We're, I think, we we already kicked off into match day two. We're into the second day of match day two, obviously, recording and reviewing everything about match day one. And next week, we will do, um, a, a pod, uh, an episode about match day two, so on, so on, so on. So, uh, stay tuned, uh, be ready for, for things to come. And, uh, Paul, anything you want to say? No, that's it. You got it know. Perfect. So, thank you guys for joining. Um, it's been a pleasure, uh, you know, being with you guys again. And hopefully, you got to till the end of the podcast. So, um, have a great day. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this 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 summer of uh filled with a lot a lot a lot of football. So, um, have an amazing a wonderful day.